Welcome to Augie World, the podcast. I'm your episode 18 host, Eric DeLeon, Augie Border Directors member. In this episode, I sit down with Christian Fierro, a civil CAD designer at Tesla in Austin, Texas. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Augie World, the podcast. So the big question is this. Where do CAD BIM professionals go to explore relative topics that will help them grow their skills, advance their careers, and stay up to date with the latest industry news and market trends while keeping them in the know of the latest software updates? This podcast is the show that will give you those answers. Welcome to Augie World, the podcast brought to you by Augie Inc. Now let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Augie World, the podcast. My name is Eric DeLeon. I'm, I'm a current member of the Augie Board of Directors and your podcast host for today's episode. Now, I would like to introduce our next guest. Christian Fierro is from the Austin, Texas area. Christian is a civil CAD designer, UX designer, and he has also coined himself as the CAD guy. So Christian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Eric. I, I really do appreciate you inviting me, and um, I do appreciate Augie as well for hosting me. Yeah, for sure. All right, so before we get started, uh, why the CAD guy? Uh, I, I think um, originally it started um, whenever I worked at my first company, and I really enjoyed AutoCAD because how some may look at engineering like such as grading or other sort of design they look at as puzzles i think of autocad as kind of like a puzzle you know um there's always a non-linear solution to expedite or streamline a uh, a process and really i just always enjoyed learning new things and always thinking of an unorthodox way of going about things. And then it puts me into a rabbit hole to where then I start exploring new avenues of um, solving problems within AutoCAD to either support the drafting side of things, uh, sheets set management, um, engineering design, or even general ways of consolidating CAD standards. So I think after years of just continuously learning about it, you, typically whenever I had a friend of mine or another peer within work, I would always able to help them find the answer. So instead of someone looking at an engineer for, hey, what code can I follow for this here? They would then ask, hey, Christian, how would I accomplish this or that within Civil 3D and so on? So that's kind of how I became the CAD guy yeah it's it's interesting um i've also so back in the day i used so actually my linkedin profile i actually coined i actually had that phrase of i'm not your typical cat guy oh. uh, because you know so when i see that i always i always smile because uh you know it's our way to artic kind of articulate who we are in this moment and for myself it's just i've always done stuff beyond just cad and so that was just my way to kind of you know, do a little hook um, to get you um, to read my profile. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm excited to dive into your story. So where do you work? How long have you been there? And what do you do? 
Currently, I work for Tesla. I work at a Texas Gigafactory in Austin, and I'm a civil designer there. And generally, I support any land development civil design that they need um, for any pre-exist or for any new or pre-existing projects that they have currently going on. So um, that's generally with what I do, whatever they kind of need support with um, for Tesla's general interest or for Tesla's best interest, then they talk within the civil engineering department and then the land development side kind of gets to work. And then I assist with those projects. So besides, so you said, um, what kind of software, I guess, are you using on a day-to-day basis? AutoCAD Civil 3D. Right on. And then what, I'm curious, what version are you using? Uh, 2023. Okay, not too bad. So how, so for I guess for us CAD heads, um, what's are you familiar with the cadence? Are you every year you're always upgrading, or do you do, you know, I'm used to doing every even number release. It's a old, <laughs> it's an old legacy. I've been doing CAD for 25 years now, so uh, it's an old legacy where it always seems like the even numbers were always better than the odd numbers. And so anyway, I'm just curious. Um, honestly, I guess what I would do is typically within my, I would generally follow the company standard. So they usually wait for next major bug fixes in order to implement the next year software. But usually what I would do is I would like, like for example, run in 2022. And then I would, since they have that uh, AEC um, subscription base, I would just download 2023. And then I would kind of, um, you know, use any new features that I m- might offer to kind of help supplement anything just to kind of like mess around in there and then the moment i guess i wouldn't use it for any projects per se until the company is like hey let's all transition 2023 and then i would just uninstall 2022 and then i already have 2023 readily available that i've kind of been uh toying around with so does this tesla have like their own um CAD standards, CAD standards manuals. I mean, what are what are you using on a daily basis for your site design? Um, for are you meaning for um, just with creating typical projects? Is that, is yeah, that yeah. So for instance, right. So um, most firms, right. I'm assuming you guys have the same. I'm just. Again, I'm trying to nerd out a little bit because I like Tesla as well. So, you know, we always have like our, our CAD standards, right? We have standard design based files. We have, you know, for us, for doing civil stuff, we do the parts catalog, pipe networks. Um, you know, we have a standard format in which, you know, we want certain things to look and be presented along with, you know, the presentation of it, right? Um, textiles, dementia styles, lever yeah. styles, hatches. <clears throat> Um, do you guys have a well-developed um, standard when it comes to your plans, production, and designing? I, I think uh, to give you context, within the land development side itself, it's relatively very, very young. So I think we're looking at about, we've had an in-house team maybe for about a year, about a year, a year and a half or so, um, like a solid in-house team. Um, and we're kind of now developing better ways to implement CAD standards for for newer projects. Um, As you already know, it's very difficult to, when you're so, so busy all the time, to then start creating CAD standards and different things. 
just because of the amount of projects that you're currently working on. So whenever, so now since we're creating um, possibly newer projects of some sorts, um, we are now establishing better CAD standards, if that makes sense. So um, currently we're working on that problem. Yeah, no, yeah, it makes sense. At the same time though, um, as you know, right, doing CAD, the standards are the foundations to ensure that Absolutely. Uniformity. We're all working on the. We're all um, working on the same kind of, you know, design sets and using the same type of resources. So that way, you know, I'm really big on obviously standards. I'm a CAD manager, so uh, you know, I very big on that. Just so that way we can, um, with your standards, you can predict your the quality of your plans. Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. With not, with not having standards in place, right, and workflows and working as a team, um, you know, things can kind of go sideways and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, why is that one team over there doing that? And, is it, and it doesn't look like ours and then our plan sets go together and things like that. So anyway, I, I, I figured you know that, but I'm again, just wanting to learn more about what Tesla does. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I would say um, probably in about a, um, probably at, at the moment, things are still working a work in progress just due to us being so young. So we started out with an initial CAD standards um, setup, more or less, and then now we're just building upon that and then reevaluating um, project life cycles that we've we've had. And then we're pretty much just a and having an AAR more or less, and then saying, okay, this went very well. This could this is what we can do better. So and then for newer projects, we kind of implement newer workflows um, to figure out the best way to go about certain things due to the the size of everything is very massively. Um, myself, I'm used to doing single family residential subdivisions. I have experience with multifamily and very, very few commercial based, but I've never worked to the size of Tesla related things. So no. typically how you would go about something in a single family way would be not as complicated compared to how we need to articulate our drawings for Tesla's, if that makes sense. Okay. So, yeah. So in regards to CAD technologies, what, is there anything, you know, that you see that Tesla might be doing different in the way that they're leveraging the technology versus you know, the stuff you were doing before? I think previously I was working for a, a private consulting firm. So I was typically used to everyone using either Bluebeam review, <laughs> you know, for a PDF and then Civil 3D. And that was pretty much the scope of that. But now working with generally every other department, everyone's using Revit, Navisworks, um, AutoCAD, um, um, different architectural software and we also have bin managers as well and I think the coolest thing so far that I like is implementing BIM workflows so it's whenever people from Revit or if you're using AutoCAD or different other software we then consolidate all of our files within BIM so everyone can kind of be on the same page um, so we can kind of view other people's designs and then everything is very again it's, it's still everything is still a work in progress but i feel like 
I've never used them before. And recently I've been looking at it a lot more now. And I think utilizing BIM is very cool, to be honest. So um, I, I'm really excited to see how far that goes. Yeah, I mean, it's what's interesting, which I was glad to hear, obviously, that you guys are leveraging most of that AEC collection, right? Mm -hmm. Between, so I'm curious, have you guys used InfraWorks at all yet? Yes, I, I currently use InfraWorks. Nice. And you said Navisworks, Revit, Civil 3D, mm -hmm. AutoCAD. So that's pretty cool. Now, of course, right? I mean, if there's anything I was to add some advice to or mentoring is definitely take a look at that BIM workflow, right? Because the industry is moving towards that digital delivery where the 3D model modeling is going to be um, the thing that we do. So yeah, obviously anything you could do to get ahead of that and stay current and then present that back to your team is going to go you know, it's going to be well worth it just because um, I'm actually doing a presentation this Tuesday in my at my company that I work at now um, to do a, a primer on digital project delivery and what that means and what the expectations and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I would I wouldn't expect anything less from Tesla just because of <laughs> you guys being, you know, an innovative company. And so the fact that, you know, I would hope that you're using <laughs> you're using some kind of BIM workflows, right? <laughs> Actually, I, I think we just manually draft everything still. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So, you know, you're a CAD guy. So um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask folks. You know, what is your CAD origin story? You know, how did you get into, what inspired you to become, um, you know, a CAD professional and things like that? <clears throat> Well, I, I think this starts whenever I was a lot younger um, to give a little bit better context. Um, I always sucked at drawing, you know, but I, I always had a very creative mind. And whenever I would draw something like hand draw, I would always be very bad at. And then I would end up having to spend a lot of time. I would use rulers and other sort of a type of objects to make things linear and symmetrical with each other. And if it wasn't perfect such as that sort then it was kind of like it would drive my OCD kind of up the wall so um and then I end up finding like Minecraft for example is kind of like a a a bay building game and it was nice to visualize something in my head and then in return build it and then fast forward um I joined the military I was um I was in the air I was an airborne infantryman and then I then reclassed to a technical engineer, and that's whenever I found AutoCAD LT. And pretty much that job description was kind of like a, a, a geotech slash survey CAD tech. So it's kind of like a mixture of all those different things um, to support Army's interests. And then from there, I messed around on AutoCAD LT. I would typically draw four plans and I really enjoyed visualizing like building my own house more or less and I would kind of be like oh yeah you know kind of like some very similar to the sims where you can kind of design like walls and floors and whatnot so I would pretty much draw very terrible sketches of floor plans <laughs> you know just to kind of get my idea out there and then fast forward I then went moved to Colorado in hopes to become more involved with civil engineering 
And then I became a civil 3D CAD tech. And that's whenever I started my journey with learning how to draft for land development uh, side of things. And that's kind of where it started, to be honest. And I, I think my, it's, I don't think it was a passion. I think it was like more than a passion. It, it became like an obsession, to be honest, because it, I finally found a software that allowed me to, you know, really digitally build what I was thinking about. And it, I, I viewed it as a video game such as somebody playing a video game and then they always look to get better, to beat the next level, to beat the boss. I viewed AutoCAD in a very similar way. So during work, I would do billable work and whatnot, but then on my off time, I was able to explore and and um, really just whatever I was thinking, I was able to digitalize it, if that makes sense. And it was always symmetrical and everything was perfectly to scale and I think I think that's why, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, it does, and you know, really want to just say you know thank you for for serving our country, appreciate that, <clears throat> and you know oh, it's you. just it's interesting just the journey that everybody goes to. I think you're the first, you know, as I interview other CAD professionals, other CAD managers, it's always interesting. You know, we may walk in the same shoes, but the journey that got us here um, is definitely different. So, you know, so. Great, great story. So, okay. So one of the things that I, that caught my attention when you are, when you reached out to be um, a part of the podcast and just connecting with us is that you, you've coined yourself as this CAD UX designer. So I'm curious to see, you know, um, I think you, you mentioned some of that in some of our DMs going back and forth. So I'm curious, you know, what does that mean to you and what are you trying to achieve um, through that? I think it's UX designer. I really enjoy that way of thinking because it, and at the end of the day, it's a way of thought. It's not so much of you achieve this by doing ABCD. It's a very, it's solving a problem, solving a very complex problem in a nonlinear fashion by using typical um, UX designer um, stages. And I really like it because it really breaks down how to solve that problem and not create bias on it, such as yourself, and myself, and I believe that anyone who, who does any software, everyone develops a sort of comfort way of, I enjoy doing things this way. I enjoy things, you know, looking this way or whatnot. And at the end of the day, it's a lot of the times it's not really based on reason. It's more of, I've always done it this way, or I'm used to seeing it. It's the industry standard or whatnot. <clears throat> and no one, I, in my opinion, I feel like a lot of the times, no one's really taking a step back and then looking at it as how is a typical user using this software? How is how are we currently keeping up with newer technologies and advancements? Is our company standards align with being completely dynamic as we want our construction drawings and our design to be fully dynamic? We need to look at our CAD standards in the same way as within 
a 2023 version of this here is this with us using um, BIM 360, with us using InfraWorks and different things of the sort. How does, if we look at everything as a map, how does everything intertwine with each other? How can our standards develop all together? You know, so whenever you hop into InfraWorks and you have to extract line work or utilize civil 3D in any, any sort of fashion, their standards already set in place to um, to help expedite um, your rendering. And the UX design process generally is communication with everyone and researching and understanding what the people needs. Kind of like, what, what does everyone need? What's the biggest pain points that everyone is generally going through? And really, what is your solution for it? And then centralizing all of these ideas and then ideating and pretty much prototyping these different solutions. And then with using somebody like such as myself, I really enjoy communication with everyone. I encourage disagreements. I enjoy um, talking through solutions with, with people. I enjoy um, somebody bringing up an issue and then all of us kind of going through concepts of how to solve the problem. And then we're pretty much just talking such as me and you, if we talk about, Hey, that'd be really cool. Like, like here, here's a casual UX design process is I'm talking with you. Hey, Hey, Eric, I'm really having, I'm really having an issue with, with doing this item here. And then I'm like, how do you feel about it? Oh, I don't like it because of X, Y, or of ABC. Man, well, you know what? That would be cool if you could do something like this here. And you're like, yeah, that would be cool. Huh, I wonder how you would do that. Well, I think I would do it by implementing this or doing this way. And then I would be like, yeah, you could do that. But this might not work with it, right? Maybe you would develop, maybe going about it this way, we'd run into this problem. And now we're just going back and forth. Now we're prototyping at this moment without putting so much in, without putting so much input into it. And then the moment we start refining it, then we start to put it into AutoCAD itself. Okay, we already went through this entire discussion, more or less. And then now we're able to implement it within Civil 3D rather than you have an idea, I have an idea, then we spend 20 hours of doing it through Civil 3D and then we're like, dang, this just does not work how I thought it would. So it's kind of reducing the amount of time with the execution part of, of it. And that's generally what I really enjoy. Um, since I enjoy talking AutoCAD and talking processes, I could then use the UX design model to then solve complex problems. So regardless of your position or knowledge within Civil 3D or AutoCAD in general, or really any software for that matter, <clears throat> you would be able to go inside of the software and then things just make sense because they're tailored for the user. They're not tailored for the CAD manager. They're not tailored for the executives. They're not tailored for the senior engineer who likes things done a certain way. It's how to make your life easier so everything can be easier for everybody. So you can spend more time on engineering and QAQC rather than just twiddling your fingers of 
man, how would you, you know, like just nonlinear ways of, or I'm sorry. I think I went off on a tangent. That's all right. <laughs> um, That's all right. But um, yeah, so I, I think generally following the UX design model to solve these problems, to make every, everyone's life easier at the end of the day. So, so where did you, I mean, I think at, so yes, I think that's a lot of our, at least at, as a CAD manager, that's one of my, obviously, not obviously, but one of my tactics as well, right? Is like, <laughs> if we could make it, yeah, I try to minimize the friction, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that is. So that way, if I can minimize the friction, whether or not it's how we're implementing new tools, how we're designing, how we're drafting, mm -hmm. how we're QAQCing, how we're, whatever it is, right? Your, your success on getting adoption across more people um, increases, right? Because now you're not, um, you minimize that friction. You're not doing mm. so much stuff. Like if I had to jump through five hoops to do something, especially in the, in the trenches of trying to get a project out, project after project, there's a good chance that I'm probably not going to go through every hoop. And at some point, whatever hoop is that doesn't align with what I'm trying to do, even though it may be good for me, just I, you know through my career i just find that minimizing that friction really goes a long ways right to get a global adoption now for you this this ux approach you know where did you um you know where did you learn about it or how did you come about that to be, you know it's really good to hear your at least your thought process and your aspirations of what you're trying to do and so i'm just curious you know where you where where was that um, that you learned that from? Oh man, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I remember like it was yesterday. It was, I really enjoy civil engineering, but I really enjoy the processes side of things. And I always enjoy improving processes throughout whatever it, it might be. Cause I believe if it's not convenient, it will not be utilized. And as individuals, I mean, you have to be real with you. Like it's okay to be lazy, to an, like lazy means you look for a shortcut to do something. And if that shortcut is designed for you, you're going to, you're going to do it every single time. So I was looking at Autodesk actually, and I'm like, you know what? I wonder, I wonder if they have a position where all I can do is create templates and standards. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking like, that'd be really cool if I can just, um, just create an aftermarket standards for a company through Autodesk, like kind of create like an aftermarket package. So you know how whenever you you subscribe to Autodesk, you kind of get a default package for it. I'd be like, that'd be really cool if I can just um and and, and again this was this was years ago, you know. And I'm just thinking like you can go on Autodesk and then you could be like, okay, let's look at a civil package for land development. Let's look at it or whatever it is. And then you can kind of just pick mine out and then you can just purchase that that entire package so i was looking at that and i was looking at product designer i was looking at different things but i just wasn't seeing anything process oriented so i, I sent some emails out to autodesk i'm like hey you know how can, do you have something of this kind of sort you know and i felt like it was a shot in the dark and then i'm just looking through um through autodesk's careers and then I see UX designer. I'm like, what is this thing? Like, what does UX mean? Because I see UX and I see UI and I'm like, okay, user experience. And then I see user interface. And then 
I'm not seeing anything about to help with civil engineering specifically. So I set out on an adventure. I'm like, you know what? One day, whenever I get, I guess, confident enough in, in myself with it, <laughs> I I will I will create a UX designer position for the civil engineering industry. Like that was my that was my goal, you know? And because I feel like within the civil engineering industry, there's a lot of archaic methodology through things. It's kind of um if you have someone who's been doing something for 20, 30 years, you're not going to tell them how to run their business. You know, they're going to be like, hey, we're not doing that because I like I don't like it, you know. <laughs> so I've always, I think throughout Autodesk, I really wanted to incorporate a role like that. So instead of a UX designer for certain software, more or less a UX designer for the civil scope of things through Autodesk, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, hey, you know, more power to you, man. I mean, again, you know, trying to blaze your own trails. And again, you know, I think we have things kind of like that out there. But like you mm -hmm. said, nobody's nobody's really focused on maybe that particular thing. Like in my own personal journey, um, you know, there's lots of I have other other board members on Augie and others in the industry who are great CAD managers um, doing helping you optimize the clicks and picks. And so for me, I'm like, these dudes have been doing it for a long time. My own bucket is CAD leadership. I want to help, you know, CAD professionals step into leadership roles or whatever that means to them, right? And so, um, yeah, so like you are for your UX design, I, that's how I am with CAD leadership, um, you know, because nobody teaches you how to how to manage teams and how to, um, you know, lead, right? Be a servant leader and those type of stuff. You know, usually it's just go learn how to maximize and be a power user. And then out of that, you create automations, you get good with scripts. And out of that, you start, you know, teaching, creating courses on how to use civil 3D and InfraWorks and Navisworks and AutoCAD. And, you know, so, um, but anyway, I totally get, I totally get your passion of trying to create, carve out your own path. So totally, totally get that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So what current, what current technology or trend are you the most excited about? I think um, I, I said this as a joke a long time ago, and um, to give you context, I, I like to make I or I used to make uh, CAD games, so um, I made like uh, I made I made Minecraft in Civil 3D, um, which I mean pretty pretty basic though, but just a 3D modeling of like a grass block with like a dynamic properties of it, so you can kind of just I don't know, kind of you can stack things on top of each other, you know, different things like that. Um, also making like chess, I, I made a, a chess board, like a fully working chess board, which is pretty cool. Um, and I would say VR, it'd be like, what if within, so you know how you have like object viewer, like, um, after you, you do a grading or whatnot, and you can kind of, it's the user experience for it is terrible, you know, cause you're trying to like pan around that area is just horrible. It's like, you know, what if like you could just jump into object viewer and then just literally take a, take a ride or, or hop in vehicle tracking, you know, throw on a VR headset and then just go for a drive, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, actually, that'd be actually kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and because they do, they, they already have that different things for like, uh, I, I know for like process teams, um, for structural and um, kind of just seeing all the 
pipes throughout a building or whatnot. They have a lot of VR capabilities for that. But I'm like, I haven't seen one for land development or at least for silver 3D capabilities. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I would pay for it, you know? So um, hopefully within 10 years, they could, they would do something like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it start, it starts with sparking ideas, you know, like through, uh, through things like, like these kind of discussions. Uh, yeah. I mean, I never really thought about that. The putting yourself first person into vehicle tracking, that'd actually be kind of cool, actually, if you, when you really think about that. But again, that's, that's the, oh man, that's just what makes technology and living in this time. Obviously I'm older than you, but you know, to think about, you know, the, what VR can do, what AR can do. And now with the explosion of AI, mm-hmm. right. And machine learning and things like that is just, um, Man, it's an exciting time to be a part of technology right now and what it yeah. can do and how it's going to help us be better, you know, because in my day job, you know, part of my, I'm a CAD VIM technology manager and part of my job is to seek out, um, I got to have a thumb on the pulse of new technologies and it's twofold, right? One is um, how can we make our ourselves internally better, right? Make it more efficient, streamline stuff. That's where automation and AI is really good at, um, you know, and, but also is, you know, how can we then turn that into an added value service to our clients? And unless you're living under a rock right now is probably one of the most amazing times in history. Um, you know, at least in my professional career, the, one of the biggest ones, you know, probably was the, um, the global acceptance of the internet. <laughs> right back back in the late 90s and for you you probably you know you're a you're what they call a, a native digital in which you grew up in an age where you had the internet you mm-hmm. didn't have dial you know you didn't have the rotary phones and dial-up internet right you've had broadband your whole life you've had iphones and tablets and things like that mm-hmm. and so um, <clears throat> but when you look at all that i mean it's just now i think to get where we've gotten to from there to now and now with the explosion of AI and all these other things, I mean, it's we're going to just accelerate at an even faster pace, um, but it makes it exciting. So with those said, I mean, what are you guys doing there at Tesla from a design standpoint? Have you guys talked about some of these VR, AR, and AI type of applications and how you guys can bring them in-house? Um, nothing. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have pre-existing features of that for other departments but for the civil side at the moment um i mean i don't think a tesla is gonna create any uh software to aid in that <laughs> i think they have other <laughs> priorities <laughs> you know but that, that'd be pretty cool though you know um but sadly i haven't heard anything like that fair enough yeah i know <laughs> yes plenty of other things on this plate <laughs> so i totally get it uh so what are your thoughts of the future of CAD? Hmm. I think it's uh, extremely exciting. And I believe that, um, honestly, it's, it's, it's really, I don't know. I, I, I think it's very exciting. I think that's my thoughts. It's just very cool to see where everything is going to be in five years. You know, I mean, you don't have to look at it like, oh, 20 years from now, it's, I mean, five years, it will be massive strides and in, in, uh, technological advancements, especially with how VR is going. So I think I'm really curious to see 
I'm really excited for the capabilities that CAD can offer you and making things very realistic. Like it will be so real for you to, I, I'm pretty sure like visually everything will be so real for you. You know how you can go whenever you're doing like a, uh, a, a grading certification or if you're going to uh, perform like uh, as builds or whatnot, <clears throat> or if you're just going to go through, just walk through a site that has just been uh, fully developed. You can kind of get that same exact real feel I, I believe in the future, you know, like after you fully complete a submittal, you can just walk through your neighborhood and then look down. Oh, yeah, this curve and go, you know, this inlet's not work, you know, and then you can kind of simulate a hundred year, you know, flood or, you know, something like that. I don't know. I, I think it's um the capabilities is really, really cool. Kind of just thinking about it. But I think the VR aspect of things is what I'm mostly excited about because I believe that VR is tremendously the future and everyone wants to kind of live in a virtual world more than reality <laughs> you know so yeah, for sure for sure well yeah i mean it's that the i'm trying to write find the right words but you know when you start thinking about the future and like i said right i mean technology is advancing so far so before we used to talk in 10 20 year right discussions and future planning but now it's really like what what are we going to do within the next two to five years in order to be competitive i mean literally it's like now right like what are we going to do because i'm real big on reverse engineering so as much as we could predict the future you know we're doing that but at the same time we're just looking at doing that but then also coming back and okay so with the tools that we have today how are we going to get there knowing that there, there could be a, a, you know, a CAD GPT type deal that's going to do something for us where it's going to be a paradigm shift into the core things that we do daily. And then we're going to have to all, you know, like what the industry is, what the world is doing now with chat GPT, right, is everybody's trying to figure out, holy smokes, I've, they've opened up, they opened up this can and now it's like, we, we can't put everything back into it because, the birth of this new, you know, the age of, you know, intelligence now is, is here. And so now we, we all have to figure out what does that mean for us in the space that we're working in and how can we leverage it? Again, nothing's going to replace us. I don't think the robots, the Tesla, the Tesla robot isn't going to replace us quite yet, but nonetheless, the technology is here um, to help accelerate what we're doing. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm excited for what's what's to come to head you know oh yeah <clears throat> yeah absolutely and um i believe that uh that tesla's path for um really just creating a i don't know i, I think they've made remarkable strides to creating sustainable energy you know and it's i don't know it's pretty mind-boggling like i i work there and i talk with a lot of very very smart people and it's just very awesome to learn so much like every day <laughs> i bet yeah i bet so as, as we wrap up here uh, where can the augie world of podcast audience follow you on your journey i would say linkedin would probably be the best the best approach um i don't hold any other uh 
I don't really know of any other platforms besides um, I am a part of uh, MeWe. It's a community that um, that my friend uh, Tony Carcamo yep. has. He's my friend too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I try to be active on there, but due to uh, my work <laughs> schedule, everything has just been very hectic lately. So um, I think I like to share on there and as well as on, on LinkedIn as well. So that would be the primary sources. Right on. Yeah. And just so you know, I'm because Tony's right down the the Dallas tollway for me. He's like 20 minutes away. So um, I'm hoping if all goes well, I'm where he's going to be hosting a, I believe, a two day event here in uh, the Addison. I think he's in Addison, Addison, Texas area. So maybe you can uh, find your way down here for that two event. It's going to be a CAD BIM technology event with some great stuff going on. So sorry, Tony, for listening to this. Um, I got a little, try to do a little marketing for your event coming up. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we say good, before we say goodbye, um, any parting advice or thoughts to the CAD BIM community? Um, honestly, I, I think the biggest thing would have to be um, not necessarily looking at, <clears throat> looking at CAD or whatever software that you enjoy using, not so much as um just doing it to perform your duties as an engineer a drafter or whatever but it's think of it as a very precise form of illustrating you know it's um it's it's a beautiful way to illustrate your design and the capabilities that civil 3d has to offer you can really make your design even though you can have the same design out of someone else your civil 3d components can really outshine another design <laughs> so i think really following your passion within the software and always being dynamic as you want your drawings to be within your respective software i believe you would always be ready for the future well said so thank you christian for being a part of the podcast and for those of you listening to this episode, thank you for pressing play. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support Augie and Augie Roll the Podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave us a rating and review. As always, you can head over to Augie.com to learn more about becoming an Augie member to join over 600,000 members worldwide as we connect and learn from each other. That's all for this episode. Until next time.